Hey, this is Rich Wilkerson. I'm the pastor of VU Church in Miami, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out today. I hope it encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. I want to welcome all of our VU friends and family. Come on, make a little bit of noise for all of our VU friends and family. You join us by way of YouTube and the podcast. We're so grateful for our global online audience. Now, if you're watching today by way of the stream, you'll notice that I've got a phone number on my chest. Listen, I put my cell phone number on my chest today, 305-501-1890. And I want you to text me. I know once again, during this time, it's so easy to become distant to one another. I'm trying to figure out every possible way that I can let you know that we are here as a church. Don Shree and I are here. We wanna stay connected to you. So why don't you text us today? If you've got prayer requests or anything that you're looking for throughout this message, you can text me and we're gonna get back to you and we wanna encourage you. So at any moment, yo, if you need some prayer, if you need some help, if you just need a connection point, here's the number on my chest. You know, today I want to talk to you today from this subject in other news. How how many out there, um, you've been watching the news? Anybody watching the news? Come on, I know, we've all been watching the news. You you can't help but watch the news right now in this season. You know, 2020, uh, we're just four months into it. But I got to be honest with you, in all 36 years I have been living on this planet, this by far is the most interesting year I have ever lived. I mean, this year has been riddled with so much. The internet, I've been looking at all these memes. I was reading on the internet today and someone's like, yo, can we just get a a reset to 2020? I saw this one meme and the meme was funny. It made me laugh. It said, yo, can we just pull 2020 out and blow on it and hit the reset button? Come on, some of y'all remember Nintendo back in the day. Remember you'd pull the game out? (sighs) I think we all have that same shared feeling. Is there a way we could just reset this year, just start again? Because if you turn the news on at any point in 2020, yo, it is riddled with bad news. I mean, the year kicked off with a global funeral as we watched the death of Kobe Bryant. In so many ways, we watched the world mourn together, only to be followed by a pandemic that no one from our generation has ever seen or witnessed before, simply known as COVID-19. And every time you turn the news on, what you discover is it's bad news upon bad news. Millions and millions of people now have been infected with the virus, thousands of deaths. Millions of Americans right here are now facing unemployment. The stock market has crashed. I mean, the list goes on and on. Of course, you've been watching the news. It's depressing, man. It's just bad news upon bad news. The other day, something caught my attention. I was, I was watching the news and as I was watching the news, all of a sudden, after the anchor had finished giving the facts of the day, the anchor said, in other news. And when they said in other news, I noticed what the anchor was doing. They were, they were pivoting, they were transitioning, and they were about to give some positive news or some lighter news. The story that they told, it encouraged me. I don't know if you heard this story, but this happened last week. They said, in other news, in Italy, a man who goes by the name of Mr. P just survived COVID-19, but he's already survived the Holocaust and the Spanish flu, and he's 101 years of age. Come on, somebody. That's some good news right there. How many know in a world full of bad news, A little good news goes a long way. Yo, I'm telling you, this entire story fully 
encouraged me, fully changed my day. What are we talking about? A man who's 101 years of age, went through the Spanish flu, went through the Holocaust, and he got COVID-19 only to survive it? Yo, I've been walking around everywhere saying, yo, if God could do it for Mr. P, I bet he could do it for you. You see, humanity simply needs just a little bit of hope, just a glimmer of hope to push through, to continue to move forward. You see, in a world full of bad news, good news is the best news. Yet how many of you know that bad news makes good news better? Oh, this is an important point that I want you to get today in your heart. It's bad news that makes good news better. Don't get me wrong. Good news is always good news. I mean, I love good news. But have you ever considered that if you didn't have some bad news, I'm not sure you would actually appreciate the good news to its entirety. For instance, think about this. I I know God is a protector. That is good news. Good news, God protects his people. But yo, how many of you know it's better news when you are being attacked? It's good news that God is a healer. But come on, somebody, how many know it's better news when you are sick in your body? It is good news that my God is a restorer. But come on, how many know it's better news when you got something on your hand that's broken? It's good news that God is a deliverer. But come on, can you testify? It is better news that when you are bound and broken and addicted, that's when I need a deliverer. It is good news that God is a forgiver. But yo, it is so much better news when you recognize I am a sinner in need of forgiveness. And friends, it is good news that God is a resurrector. But baby, it is better news when you recognize I am dead. In other news today, I hope you know that your God, he is the one who came to bring you life and life more abundantly. I know we got some bad news in the earth, but baby, it is Easter. And Easter, it provides us with the good news, the gospel. And it is so much better when the landscape is filled with fear and bad news. Today, that's what I want to talk to you about out of Matthew chapter 28. I want to remind you today, in other news, there's some good things that God is doing. Matthew chapter 28, verse one is is our text today. And uh, this is all uh, in the the chapter here of Matthew. This is all the the cross, uh, the burial, the resurrection, and the great commission. And I want to pull a couple of verses out of here, starting in verse one, if you have your Bibles. This is the NIV version. It says this. It says, after the Sabbath... That's the Saturday at dawn. Everyone at home say at dawn right now. In fact, I underlined at dawn. Got to see that. After the Sabbath at dawn, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. Now there was a violent earthquake for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, do not be afraid for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen just as he said. Friends, in other news, the darker the night, 
the brighter the morning. Oh, I wanna get this in your spirit today. I, I want you to catch this revelation. You see, Jesus, he, he died on a Friday. And on that Friday that he died, his followers scattered. You see, everybody thought it was all over. They, they gave up hope. In fact, the disciples, they went back to fishing. With the death of Jesus, all of their hope, all of their faith, it died with him that day. Why? Because Messiahs don't die and sons of God can't be killed. You see, on Friday, the Christian movement, it stopped. On Saturday, it was silent. And on Sunday, a few women, they went to simply just pay their respects and to honor the dead body of Jesus who had been crucified. What I want you to know is that on Friday and Saturday, the night was dark. But notice what the text says. The text says that they came after the Sabbath at dawn. I don't know if you know this, but it's always darkest before dawn. I, I, we live here in Miami, Florida, and one of our favorite things to do from time to time when we get a chance is, if you've never done it, you gotta do it, is to spend the morning on the beach for a sunrise. Oh, if you don't believe in God, just go and sit on the sand before the sun comes up because I'm telling you, you will have an encounter with something. What's always amazing to me is when you go to the beach before dawn is that it's completely dark. It's pitch black. There, there doesn't seem to be any hope. There doesn't seem that day is about to break. But as you sit in the sand, before you know it, you begin to see a little glimmer of light. And then before you know it, the entire sky is enveloped with light. And whoa, day has come. You see, darkness precedes the light. I don't know what it is, but sometimes it feels like things have to get worse before they get better. I woke up this morning and uh, I live in this neighborhood right now where everybody is restoring and renovating their homes. And there's this little house next to mine. We've been in our house for almost three years now. And I've seen this house for ages. But this morning when I woke up, I was kind of shocked because outside my house, there were men in construction outfits and they were completely destroying, they were demoing the entire house. I mean, they had huge tractors and they're knocking walls down. And I walked out, I said, yo, what are you guys doing? They said, we're, we're demoing this house. I said, why are you demoing the house? They said, oh, because this house, the infrastructure is corrupted, it's not, it's not strong enough. And so we're gonna take this house down so we can build a brand new house. Oh, I want you to hear it. Sometimes things have to get worse before they can get better. In order for the new to come, the old has to go. And some of you right now, you're experiencing what it feels like to have your life demoed, to have your life renovated. But I wanna remind you that the darker the night, the brighter the morning. You see, without the resurrection, the cross is meaningless. But with the resurrection, we can get through anything. Scripture says that these women, they, they show up to this tomb and they're just coming to simply pay their respect. They're just coming to pay honor to the dead body of Jesus. It's darkness. But as they get to the tomb, to their amazement, an angel from heaven comes down with a mighty 
earthquake and with it, the stone is rolled away and the angel invites them into the tomb and says, go look inside. Jesus is not here for he has risen. Woo! I like this text so much. I know I'm in this empty room. There's like six of us over here today, but on this Easter Sunday, I don't care if it's just me and a few cameramen, I can't help but get excited about this because you need to see this truth today because literally the angel did not roll the stone away to get Jesus out. No friends, it's better than that. The angel rolled the stone away so you could get in. You see, the stone is an illustration. It's a metaphor of our unbelief. And what happened was, is God said, I'm gonna move your unbelief out of the way so I can get straight to your heart. Please understand, your God is not trapped. Your God is not captured. Your God could not be cornered. There is no stone too big for your God. If your God wants to get out of something, all he has to do is simply say the word. The stone was never holding him in. The stone was keeping us out. But the good news of Easter is the stone has been rolled away and you and I, we are invited into relationship with a risen savior known as Jesus. Oh, Friday, the cross shouted death. Saturday, it was silent, but nobody knew that Sunday was coming. And as Sunday came, I wanna encourage you that Sunday was shouting in other news, you can have life more abundantly. In other news, today, weeping endures for the night, but it's joy. It's joy that comes in the morning light. Don't give up hope. Don't give it up. I know right now that many of you are scared. I, I know the bad news that we're hearing in the media. I know the facts of the day, but don't give up hope. Here's a basic acronym for hope. Hold on, pain ends. Oh, that's a word for somebody today. Hold on, pain ends. Hold on, pain ends. This too shall pass. Don't give up. Don't let go of your hope. Jesus, he, he's alive. It's amazing because the angels, they actually say to the women, they say, hey, don't, don't be afraid. Jesus has risen. It's amazing because sometimes we can look at the facts. Jesus is not here, but we can miss the truth. Jesus is alive. Sometimes we can look at the facts. COVID-19, people are sick, people are losing their jobs, but we can forget the truth. Jesus is alive. And if Jesus is alive, you can get through anything. What's amazing, this is Matthew 28. A few verses from now, the angels, what they said to the women, they said, hey, go to Galilee because Jesus wants to meet you in Galilee. Go tell the brothers, go tell the disciples, go tell his followers that, that he's alive. So I want you to see that because Jesus ends up meeting his disciples at the end of Matthew 28 and he gives them this thing called the Great Commission. But before he gives them the Great Commission, this is gonna encourage you, Matthew 28, verse 18. Jesus says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Jesus says, all authority has been given to me. That's a powerful truth right there because I know the night might look dark, but I'm telling you, the darker the night, the brighter the morning. Why? Because all authority Jesus has today. He has authority over politics and government. 
You know that he's got authority uh, over all industry and business. Listen to me, the NASDAQ and the Dow Jones and the stock market, God is in charge of all of it. He has authority over science and education. He has authority over entertainment and media, the radio, the TV, the internet has to bow to the name of Jesus. He has authority over all sports. He has authority over all natural phenomenons, all sorts of things like floods and volcanoes and earthquakes and tornadoes and hurricanes and global warming and ozone layers. Jesus has authority over all of it. He has authority over the planets. He has authority over our lives. He has authority over disease. I'm trying to get in your heart today that put your trust in Jesus, the one who conquered death, hell, and the grave. It looked like a dark night when he was dead, but nobody had any idea that Sunday was coming. Dawn is on the way. Don't give up hope. Jesus Christ, he still has all authority. Come on, somebody, give God some praise today if you know what I'm talking about. He's got all authority. Come on, somebody put the fire emoji right there in the, in, in the chat room. Somebody put up some pounds right there. Somebody put up 100 because that's who Jesus is. In other news, the darker the night, the brighter the morning. Watch what happens here in the text. Matthew chapter 28, verse six. Come and see the place where he lay is what the angel said. Then go quickly and tell his disciples. He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. Now watch this. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy and ran to tell his disciples. Here we go. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. Listen to me. In other news, your confession is contagious. What's so powerful to me about the Easter story is the Easter story from the very beginning has always been meant to share. That's what they say. They say, go tell the disciples, go and tell. Go and tell. Someone say, go and tell. Go and tell. It's funny because um, I don't know if you've ever met people before, but sometimes people, uh, when they find something that's too good to be true, they want to keep it to themselves. You ever met these kind of people? Uh, Recently, because of COVID-19, we have now been quarantined in the house for four weeks and um, I'm not able to go to the gym anymore. And I love going to the gym, not because I'm like some physical specimen or I'm some great athlete. For me, going to the gym has always been much, much more about my psychological and my mental health. It's part of my routine. It's part of my rhythm. And I think that's one of the most challenging things just for me during this season is it's hard for me to get a, to get a rhythm. It's hard for me to get a routine going. And so I've had to start running through my neighborhood, which is something I, I don't like. I've never thought running for fun was cool. Um, you ever run so hard that you convince yourself you have asthma? Yeah, I've been there. Okay, that's, that's the kind of running I've been doing, trying to log two to three miles. But uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was running by the bay. I live near the water and I was running by the bay and I saw this group of people that were coming out of the bay. They had been swimming together. And so I just struck up a conversation with them and started asking them who they were, what they were doing. And they said that they are a swim club in my neighborhood. Well, I quickly got their phone numbers and now I'm on this text thread. Well, a couple of weeks ago, if you can believe it, your boy started swimming with this group. 
Now it's sort of hilarious because I get out there and I can't do the full swims that they're doing. Uh, this morning I was out there and as I was swimming, uh, this elderly woman, God bless her, uh, she just completely went right past me. I was like, I, I, th- I was like, is that Michael Phelps? Like, how old are you? It's very, very embarrassing and hard for my ego, but I'm out there trying. Well, the other day we were swimming and when we were coming back in, there was a photographer out there in our neighborhood and the photographer, I guess, was doing a story potentially on this swim group. And uh, he was getting information. And I'll never forget it because one of the people said, hey, just do us a favor. When you tell the story, please don't include the location because we don't want everybody coming to our swim spot. I understood why they said it, but I thought to myself, soon as I heard that, I'm so grateful that's not the mindset of Jesus. I'm so grateful that when Jesus did the greatest thing humanity has ever witnessed, he didn't say, keep it for a secret for yourself, but rather he said, shout it out. You see the gospel, the resurrection, it is a confession that we all make. And when we confess that Jesus is alive, it is contagious. What I want you to see here is that these women, they see this angel, the angel sends them, back to the brothers to tell them to go and tell the disciples to meet them in Galilee. And as they're on the road, what's amazing is that they have an encounter with the risen savior, Jesus. Now I was reading this the other day and I think this is really powerful because I want you to see what happens. There's four progressions that take place as they encounter Jesus because I believe it's the same encounters and the same progression that we have even today in 2020. In verse nine, the scripture says that Jesus met them. Everyone say, meet Jesus. You know, today, I don't know how you're watching this stream, but it's Easter Sunday. I imagine that some of you are watching today because your mom asked you to watch or maybe your daughter said, hey, can you please turn it on, dad? I want you to see today's stream. I want you to listen to my pastor. Or or maybe you're a person who just goes to church on Christmas and Easter, or maybe you're just curious and you're just going, yo, this is a tough time right now. Maybe faith, maybe religion can help me. Well, I'm so glad that you tuned it on today. I'm so glad that you're you're watching, but I want you to know loud and clear that Jesus wants to meet you today. This is so vital that you understand this, that even today, 2000 years later, Jesus wants to meet you. See, Jesus is not some like celebrity that you get in a line and you wait for a meet and greet and then you take a photo and it's a one-sided relationship that you go, that was the day I met Jesus. No, 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 it's a two-way relationship. As much as your soul is desperate for Jesus, it's the same degree. Jesus wants you even more. He wants a relationship with you. He wants to meet you. And today, my prayer, as I'm shouting in this empty room, as I'm getting passionate, as I'm telling you about in other news, I hope you hear me today, Jesus wants to meet you. And I don't know if you saw it, but this is pretty powerful. Who did he meet first after he resurrected? Because some people today, as they're watching, they think that Jesus only wants to meet a certain category of people. Maybe you got this idea in your mind that Jesus, he only wants to meet wealthy people or he only wants to meet good people or he only wants to meet morally accepted people or maybe you think Jesus only meets educated people or tall people or only white people or only black people or only short people or only hurting people or only men. No, 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 I want you to know, Jesus wants to meet anyone and everyone. Jesus's heart is for the individual. 
And I think it's powerful that out of all the people in the world, he could have first revealed himself after he had died and resurrected was a group of women. It's crazy to me that people are still having a debate. Uh, Pastor Rich, do you think it's okay for women to preach? Uh, yes. Well, where do you get that doctrine? I get it from Jesus. Jesus reveals himself to women first. And the first thing he tells them to do is to go and tell the good news that he's alive. Preaching means to proclaim. What was he saying? He was saying, go and proclaim that I died and now I resurrected. Do I think women can preach? The answer is undoubtedly yes. Why do I think it? Because Jesus thought about it first. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you've gone through. I don't care what you've done. I don't care how many mistakes you have made. There is no mistake too big for God's grace. He wants to meet you today. And although we're not in the same room right now, I have a sense in my heart that God's power will meet you on the other side of that screen you are watching on because he is not just some God up in heaven with his arms crossed, but rather he is a relational savior who comes and meets us. Verse nine says that Jesus met them, but what else happens? Then all of a sudden he greeted them and they hear Jesus. Ooh, this is good. Jesus doesn't just want to meet you. Jesus wants you to hear his voice. He wants relationship. He wants to speak to you. He wants to calm you. Bible says that the spirit of God, the spirit of God is a comforter and a counselor. What does a counselor do? A counselor helps you get the right confession. I've been taking my son Wyatt on walks through our neighborhood and he's getting so big. I can't wait for you to see him. Every day, this kid is just growing. He's two years of age now. And we were walking through our neighborhood the other day and he likes to jump on the trees and jump off the trees. And he, he jumped off this little when I say tree, this little, you know, stump area. And when he jumped off, he, he, he skinned his knee all up and his knee was bleeding and he just went into a, like, you know, a panic of a cry. No, daddy, boo, 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 boo. And he's just flipping out, he's crying. And I grabbed my son, I put my arms around my son and I started saying, I'm okay. Wyatt, Wyatt, say, I'm okay. Wyatt, say, I'm okay. And this little boy with tears in his eyes, he just started going, I'm okay, daddy. I'm okay, daddy. I'm okay, daddy. You see, this is what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life. Is the Holy Spirit begins to confess his truth into your life and his confession in your life is contagious. Before you know it, you take the Spirit's confession and you make it your confession because you hear Jesus. He doesn't just meet you. He wants you to hear from him. But what happens as they hear Jesus, verse nine says that they fell at his feet and they begin to worship him. No, friend, this is why we have gathered today. We're not here for a motivational speech. We're not here for inspiration. We're not just here for some good principles. We are here because all of our awe and all of our wonder, it is directed to a God who conquered death, hell, and the grave. And we stand in awe of him. And our reasonable response to the one who defeated death is to worship him. You know, sometimes we think worship is like just singing. I, I, I see people sometimes and like, they get kind of like, you know, oh, I don't, you know, the worship thing, I'm not really into that part of the service. And listen to me, worship is so much more than singing. Singing is, is no doubt part of worship, but worship baby is a lifestyle. 
You were created to worship. Everything you do should be done unto the Lord. If singing is difficult, it's gonna be hard to worship God in some other categories because worship is a lifestyle. And what we all must come to terms with is we're all worshiping something. Maybe you're watching it and you're curious, you're a skeptic, you're a critic. Maybe you don't have any faith, but yo, even though you don't have any faith, whether you wanna admit it or not, you worship something. Worship just means that thing that steals my attention, that gets my awe, that is my pursuit, the reason why I live. But you were designed to worship God, the only one who can satisfy your soul. These women, they they meet Jesus, they hear Jesus, they worship Jesus, but lastly, what do they do? They obey Jesus. See, Jesus, he says, yo, do not be afraid, but rather, here it is again, go and tell. Go and tell the others about me. Go and tell that you have witnessed this moment that I am alive. It's amazing because the Easter message starts with come and see, but then it quickly moves to go and tell. And I want our church to get this today. The only way the church of Jesus Christ thrives during a pandemic like COVID-19 is when we flip our mindset. Yes, I wanna come and see. I wanna witness Jesus. But if we don't go and tell, if we don't recognize that our confession is contagious, See, this is a new time for us. We can't just rely on gathering in a building and letting the preacher do the work or letting the worship team do the work. No, this is a brand new opportunity that every person must become a minister. This was always the mindset of Jesus, that if we love Jesus, we obey Jesus. If we love Jesus, we follow Jesus. And Jesus said, once you've come and seen that I am real, you better go and tell some people about it. I don't know if you recognize what is happening right now, but as you look all across society, people are hungry for Jesus. I was watching the news the other day and a news anchor asked Bishop Jakes, he said, would you pray for me on the news? Baby, these are signs that people are searching for something. I wonder, will the church rise up and will we declare, I know there's bad news, but in other news, I have seen the risen Lord and he is alive. Come on, somebody give him praise. If you know it's true, come and see, but now go and tell, go and tell. In other news, your confession is contagious. Easter is not a secret. Easter is meant to be shouted and revealed. And our confession, it becomes contagious. Lastly today, this is what Matthew chapter 28 continues to say. Verse 11, while the women were on their way, some of the guards went into the city and reported to the chief priests everything that had happened when the chief priests had met with the elders and devised a plan, they gave the soldiers a large sum of money, telling them, you are to say his disciples came during the night and stole him away while we were asleep. If this report gets to the governor, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So the soldiers took the money and did as they were instructed. Watch this, and this story has been widely circulated among the Jews to this very day. In other news, fake news is nothing new. 
I had to do it. In other news, fake news is nothing new. We live in a very interesting time right now in 2020 because um, all of our media outlets are funded by corporate America. Yet corporate America thrives on marketing. But if you study marketing in 2020, what you'll learn is that all marketing is based upon two different emotions. Marketers appeal to your desire. That's why we have a world right now that is greedier than ever before. We have more than we've ever had, yet we're more discontent than we've ever had before because we're constantly looking at images of saying, you should have this, you should have more, you should have more money, you should have a bigger house. And contentment is being stolen right from us because they appeal to our desire. But it's not just desire that they appeal to. They also appeal to your fear. And if it bleeds, it reads. If it bleeds, it's the leading story. Why? Because when you are motivated by fear and desire, you constantly need a refill. You constantly need more and more and more and more. And you're never, ever at peace. You're never, ever satisfied. I wonder, what story are you focused on? There's no doubt that the facts are true about COVID-19. Yet at some point, you have to put the facts away and you have to put your focus on Jesus. Listen to me. Your focus is going to determine either fear or faith. You get to decide Whatever you focus on, it's going to produce more. So I'm not saying for you to be uninformed. I'm not saying for you not to know the facts of the day. I'm not saying that you shouldn't take every precaution. Listen, there are hard facts out there. But what I am saying is, is that if you only focus on the bad news of the day, I promise you it's going to steal your faith for the moment. But rather... As you focus on God's word, as you focus on what he's already declared, faith is going to rise up. Why? Because faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of the Lord. Now, what's amazing to me about Matthew 28 in this verse right here is the scripture says that the stone was rolled away, that an angel came, the women looked into the tomb, there they saw the grave closed in the shape of a body, but there was no body. The guards that were there were so afraid that they fled the scene. They went and they reported to the Jewish leaders, the elders and the chief priests, and they came and told them the story. But what does the scripture say? The scripture says that as the priests hear their story, they say, nah, we don't like that story. Let's tell a different story. And what do they do? They pay them a large sum of money to fund a false narrative. And the narrative was, was that his disciples came and stole the body from the tomb. And because they started telling that story, even to this day, that story has circulated among the Jews. What's really amazing is as you read earlier in Matthew 28, the priests were afraid of this happening. So they had guards put at the tomb to watch it night and day. They put guards there so nobody could take the body out. Now, when the guards come with the truth, they say, no, we don't want the truth. Instead, we're going to give some fake news and we're going to spread a lie. And although it was a lie, if you believe the lie, you'll never experience faith. 
And that news began to circulate. Person upon person believed the lie while others, they put their trust in a different story. You know, it's really amazing because this idea that Jesus resurrected, well, I'm telling you, this is the entire part of our faith. If Jesus had not resurrected, we don't have Christianity today. So it would have been very, very easy. If somebody stole the body, it was either his friends or his enemies. Now, if his enemies stole the body, all they ever needed to do was present the body and there the whole story about the resurrection could have been quieted, but they never ever were able to show a body. So then maybe it was his friends who stole the body. Yet when I think about that point, I just don't see how it's possible because if it was his friends that stole the body, why were all of his friends willing to die for a lie? It's one thing to die for a lie. It's another thing to die for a lie that you know is a lie. No, I don't believe his friends stole the body. How did 10 fishermen on Friday, they said, I'm not a follower. Peter denied Jesus on Friday, cursed out a little girl saying, I had nothing to do with him went back to the fishing boats. But Sunday, after Peter saw that Jesus had resurrected and was alive, that same Peter, he was crucified, not the same way Jesus was, but when it was time for him to be martyred, he said, crucify me upside down. Not even worthy to die like my savior died. You read all the accounts, some were sawed in two, others were stoned. Some had spears go through their body. Each one of them died horrific deaths because they believed that Jesus was alive. The 11th disciple, John, known as the Revelator, he was boiled in water to the point that he was almost died. Historians and theologians believe that he wrote the revelation on the island of Patmos with mummy grave clothes around his body as he wrote out that famous letter. Judas, the 12th disciple, Judas betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver, but the moment he did it, guilt came over him in such a way that he died by suicide. I don't know, friends. I read the account and you got two stories going on. Some were saying, no, that they stole the body, but others said, we didn't steal the body. He's alive. We saw him. We're willing to die for it. These guys over here are saying, no, we're just peddling it and paying for it. But you better make a decision. Which one do you believe? Because whatever story you focus on. One will produce fear, the other will produce faith. I've come in here to remind you today that with the resurrection of Jesus Christ, everything changes. Without the resurrection, we have nothing. But with the resurrection, we can walk through anything. Why? Because if Jesus resurrected from the grave, we, as followers of him, we already know how the story ends. Soren Kierkegaard, the famous Danish theologian, he said it this way. He said, life can only be understood backwards, but it must be lived forwards. You need a destination in order to chart a path. You need an end in order to know which way to go. But for you and I, on this Sunday, Easter Sunday, because Jesus resurrected from the grave, because we know that death had its final sting, you and I today, we know how the story ends. Because we know how the story ends, no matter what we face on this earth, we don't have to fear, but we can walk in faith. You know, this past Monday, 
Don Cherie, my wife, and my brother-in-law, David D., we, we sat down by the piano. We opened up our Bible to Psalm 91. And we started reading Psalm 91 and we got so encouraged. Faith began to rise up. If you never read Psalm 91, I'd encourage you. It's a great one for you to read today after the end of this stream with your family because it produces faith. But it's a great promise of God that God will be with you through all sorts of challenges and all sorts of pain. And as we read Psalm 91, a song began to be stirred up on the inside of us. We wrote a song Monday and Tuesday. In fact, you just heard that song before my message. It's called Shelter In. In fact, it's on YouTube right now. You can go and get it. You can start to listen to it. I think it's gonna produce faith in your life. But look at what Psalm chapter 91 says, verse 14. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble and I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. This is the promise of God. This is not fake news. This is real news. But maybe you're watching right now and you're saying, but Rich, how can that promise be true? I just lost my mom to the coronavirus. Rich, how can that be true? We just lost our job yesterday. Rich, how can that promise be true? Our income has changed. Rich, how can that be true? My friends are sick. It's true because of the resurrection. I don't know if God will do a miracle this side of eternity. A lot of times he does. But even if he doesn't, the promise of Psalm 91 becomes my eternal promise. You wanna know what long life sounds like? It sounds like eternal life, baby. It sounds like when this body gives up and decays on me, whether that's coronavirus or that's some other type of way that I die, I know that my spirit man is gonna live on because Jesus Christ, he has already conquered death, hell, and the grave. And although there is bad news on the earth, in other news, I will live on. This is the promise of Psalm 91. This is what we take shelter in. I know the night is full of terror, but in other news, He is the light of the world. I know destruction plagues the day, but in other news, the name of Jesus still saves, baby. I know arrows fly by day, but in other news, He is a shield and a fortress. I know a thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 more, but in other news, you will stand secure because of Jesus. I know the coronavirus is real. Please, I understand it's real. But in other news, my God remains a healer. I know you've lost your job, but it's still true today. In other news, my God is a provider. I know death seems final, but I want to remind you, in other news, Jesus defeated death. I know you've lost loved ones, but in other news, because of Jesus, we will see them again. Come on, somebody give God praise all over this place. Give Him praise. This is the news we circulate. This is the promise of God. The darker the night, the brighter the morning. My confession is contagious. Fake news is nothing new. I focus on the Word of God. I focus on the promise of Jesus. And with it, faith arises in my darkest hour, in my deepest pain. I will get through this because I already know how the story ends. Life, it's really easy to read it backwards, but it's got to be lived forward. 
However, for you and I, we know the end. We know what Jesus did. I know there's bad news, friend, but I came today with with good news. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with friends. It helps so much. For more content from VU and to connect with us, go to vuchurch.com. We love you. The best is yet to come.